Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show, Cape 98. This week, just me. That's right, only me. I figure, uh, number one, there have been a lot of longer shows, particularly the ones with uh, the guys from the only podcast that matters. They were all two hours plus. And uh, it's also been a while since I've done a solo show. And I like doing them. And people seem to enjoy them. So why not? The last one was Cape 84. And before that was Cape 75. And here we are already at Cape 98. And uh, I haven't done one in about six months. So I figured, all right, I'm going to do one. I have a lot of stuff to talk about because I haven't been doing too much in the way of monologues or whatever at the beginning of the shows, uh, in part because they've been group shows. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be quick. This is going to be a shorter show. It's not going to be a two-hour show. It's not going to be a 70-minute show. I'm going to try to aim for like a half hour on this. I do have a list of things I want to go over because there are a lot of things that have been bothering the shit out of me lately. This isn't going to be a clean show, by the way, just because it's me, because I'm going to get angry about a couple of things. But uh, here we are. We're in July. Hope everybody had a safe and enjoyable 4th of July weekend. I hope everybody had fun. We're in the middle of summer, and 2016 is half over, and that fucks me up so hard. You have no idea. And look, I'm also closing in on 35, so that fucks me up even more. That uh, Here I am going into what's going to be my 35th year on Earth. It's just, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. It makes sense. The math works. 1981 was 35 years ago. But it just it blows my mind because I don't feel it at all. I don't, I don't feel like, I mean, maybe there isn't a way you're supposed to feel when you're 35. I'm actually writing a blog about this. That'll be up soon. But uh, maybe I don't feel like what the uh, perspective or what the, I guess, the, the uh, way you think you should feel when you're in your mid-30s. I don't feel that way. I don't feel the, the way uh, as, as worn out or whatever that people are supposed to feel. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, a lot of time has passed, and I figured, let me catch up and talk about a few things. Um, first of all, I keep forgetting to mention, I've obviously talked a lot about The Guide to Life, the excellent new series from the only podcast that matters, which of course includes me. Every Friday, new every single Friday, so get on it. Uh, working with iTunes right now, literally just emailed iTunes because they're trying to solve the problem with whatever it is that isn't allowing our feed to be displayed in the store. So apologies for that. You can, of course, always stream the shows or download them directly at theonlypodcast.com. Uh, if you're an Android user, you can get the shows on uh, Google Play. You can subscribe that way. Same with this show. Same with Cape. You can get that on uh, Google Play. It is available on iTunes <laughs> and uh, this show. And yeah, uh, still working to fix all that. So uh, apologies. But I keep forgetting to mention that the awesome theme, which is uh, called The Only Concerto That Matters, I believe, was put together by my friend Sean Johnson of Cockeyed Optimist, who uh, was on the show all the way back on Cape 54. Jeez, that seems like a really, really long time ago. Actually, it was. Wow, last June. Just took a look. Anyway, I sent him the original theme from The Only Podcast That Matters and said, hey, I'm looking for something that is a guitar-y kind of orchestra thing. My reference point was Gilberto Concerto. By Paul Gilbert, which was his arrangement of a uh, classical piece done with all guitars. And I said kind of something like this uh, in the same vein of uh, or basically arranged around the original theme that I wrote way back in 2009-ish, I think, that, of course, uh, sprang to life in 2010 with a full rock band arrangement. Uh, now reduced, or I should say expanded, to make it into a classical 
piece, essentially. So that's the awesome theme music on The Guide to Life. And uh, I keep forgetting to give him a shout for that. So thank you very much, Sean Johnson. And uh, you can follow, to get all the links, the easiest way to do it is go to uh, Instagram and look, at, look up Cockeyed Optimist. And you get all the links for the individual members who are all great. Uh, they're going to be coming around, actually. they got some live shows coming up, too. So I will plug them for that. And, of course, Sean for his amazing ability to put together this, this awesome arrangement which sounds great. And the fact that it's, it, it sounds a little classy because the show, at least the series, the idea was that it was going to be, okay, not classier, but we were presenting it as a big deal because The Guide to Life is a very important sounding title. I thought, well, we should probably step up the theme music a little bit, but still retain the, the quality of the original show because we're still very much ourselves. And I thought, well, guitar, that'll do it. And it did. So huge thanks to Sean for uh, taking care of that. Now, I'm sorry to say, last Friday, uh, when the most recent episode went up, which was the Guide to War, it was a little disconcerting just because of the timing, because there are people in the United States who want to start a race war. And I'm not comparing one to the other. I'm saying disconcerted because that was that's the best way to describe the feeling. I wasn't upset and I wasn't frustrated by oh, an episode of our dopey show is going up when there are actual problems. Uh, we're addressing the Civil War and uh, World War II and the, the mess that is uh, everything associated with uh, North Korea these days and in recent times. So it's not the same thing as a bunch of rogue assholes who want to murder people of the opposite race. No matter what race they are, you know, black or white, they're going after black and white citizens. And with everything that's been going on, whether it's been uh, related to police brutality or rogue citizens, these assholes who are, you know, the, the one guy who is picking off cops, you know, the, the, as a sniper, basically. It was just frustrating to think, damn, we can't put something out without thinking that you know, is this going to conflict with what's happening in real life? Even though it's not the same thing. It's not like we were doing the guide to race relations or something. It was a, a, a different topic. But it just felt like, you know, I mean, look, if there was a contingency plan or had we thought that anything could happen to disrupt the flow of the show or the order of the episodes, maybe. But then that also doesn't leave us a lot of wiggle room because two of the upcoming episodes are the guide to health. So we could have put that up instead. But what if... Ebola made a comeback, or swine flu, or something, and then would Guide to Health come off as being insensitive or out of touch or in bad taste? Okay, well then, we could have had the Guide to Money ready to go, but then what if there was a financial crisis of some sort, or some economic, you know, worldwide or, or national economic crisis that kicked in that uh, could have broadsided everybody? Well then, what are we supposed to do? We can't. So, it, we just had to keep going, and unfortunately... It was just more, it was more the timing that bothered me. But again, that's nothing compared to what's going on out there. It's fucking scary. It really is. And it's crazy to think that all these people, as much as they think they're doing something noble, because they all think they're doing something noble. They don't think they're being evil. They're all on the same side. A black dude killing white cops and a white guy going into a black church and killing people. I mean, they're, they're all on the same side. They want a race war. They want to separate everybody. So, like with everything, like with the, you know, the shooting in Orlando and, and whatnot, it's like, remember that the good people outnumber these people. That's the best thing I can say about it. And uh, we all need to keep that in mind. But I would like to put my focus back on the bad people because I do want to complain, 
put my little superficial complaints out there because I've been driving a lot lately and traffic and other drivers and pedestrians, everybody's been driving me fucking nuts. And I need to talk about it right now. So here we go. First of all, if you drive a Toyota Yaris or a Toyota Echo or a smart car, you hate driving. Stay the fuck home. You're terrible at driving because those cars, it seems you don't even know how to operate them. But if you're driving such a shitty car, don't even get out on the road. And look, I'm not a car guy. I'm not a gearhead. I have a Honda CRV. It's barely an SUV, and uh, it, it seats the same amount as uh, my last car did. It just has some more room to it. So I'm not, a, I'm not an elitist when it comes to cars at all, but these people hate driving because they drive slowly, they drive poorly, and their cars suck. So if you drive any of those cars, you hate driving, stay off the fucking road. Dial up a lift. Use the code CAPEPOD. Get yourself $50 lift credit. Uh, just throw in a little plug. But anyway, yeah, you need to stay off the road. Now, first of all, I've, I've complained. Oh, I guess it's not first of all. It's second of all, isn't it? Hmm. I'm getting a third of all. I don't know. I've lost track of all the things I've brought up already. Regardless, next on the list of uh, things I'm shooting venom at, to kind of not backpedal, but to uh, change my tune a little bit, about 10 years ago when I moved out to California for the first time, and of course the, the Prius was the big deal, and still is a big deal, and I've made many jokes over the years about Priuses and people who drive them and that they're so insanely prevalent, let me just say, I get it. I get it. Because traffic sucks, and your gas mileage can suck. So any way you can to maximize gas mileage and save gas and save yourself the hassle of stopping for gas, filling every tank, whatever, or getting the most out of your car, I get it. So I'm going to dial back the annoyance when it comes to people who own Priuses. Not their driving habits, because they suck too, let me tell you. It's so funny how people in, in Priuses seem to also be horrible drivers. People in Kias. I don't know what's going on in, in Southern California when it comes to Kias. I've seen them everywhere. I've seen a lot of Kia vans. I see a lot of Kia Optimas. And um, I actually tweeted about that recently, that uh, I, I always do hashtag irony when stuff strikes me as ironic in the proper way. Not coincidence, like how people misuse the term, oh, you know what was ironic? I was in the same place as so-and-so. No, that's not irony. That's coincidence. Anyway, was um, a Kia Optima with a dealer plate from Dream Auto. Or something like that. I saw that on the road. But I've seen a shitload of Kias on the road. And all these people are also terrible drivers. Now, maybe it's because they got a Kia. Because I'm pretty sure you can get one for like 99 bucks a month. And it's a brand new car. And it's fully loaded. Look, it's probably better than most of the cars people my age started with. Like for a bone stock dealer model. You know, a basic model car. New car with a, what's probably a pretty reasonable finance or lease payment. Yeah, cool. But I have to imagine it's a lot of people's first cars, and that's why these people are shitty drivers. But I see them everywhere, and I've never seen a, a Kia driver who was actually good at driving, who stayed in their lane, who didn't drive too slow, or wasn't driving crazy aggressively fast. They all seem to suck almost as much as the people who drive Range Rovers and uh, Beamers and all these other cars that are like higher-end cars, people who figure that they, they bought the car. They bought a pricey car, so they have the right to drive however the fuck they want. Well, they don't. At least not if they get near me. They don't, because I will, uh, I will bait them to do something stupid, uh, which is fine, as long as there's no collateral damage to a perfectly responsible person driving a reasonable car that isn't pompous and that isn't uh, what I deem a shitty car. Now, speaking of shitty drivers, 
Traffic is a huge problem in L.A., and I'm going to say that multiple times while I'm going on this, this diatribe about traffic. But it's a huge problem in this city. If you're not going to drive the speed limit on the highway, move the fuck over. Move into the right lane. The most annoying thing is when I'm in the carpool lane and someone's not even driving 65. The whole point of the carpool lane is not like, I get my own lane because I'm driving with my my girlfriend or my family or whatever. No, it's because we can keep going if all the people driving by themselves are all knotted up in traffic. Great. Keep it moving. Go. Go at least 65. But if you're going to go the speed limit, then just stay out of the diamond lane. Seriously, stay out of it. And if you're driving in one of the lanes for uh, those of us who are driving solo, then if you're going to drive under the speed limit or the speed limit, stay to the right. There's stuff to do. And I don't even understand. The worst part is, aside from... When we all slow down to a stop, which just always drives me nuts, there's nothing worse than coming to a dead stop on a freeway because we're all supposed to be driving fast. Now, there could be an accident, and people in California don't know to pull to the side of the road like they do in every other state I've been to. Just pull to the side of the road. Don't stay in the middle of the lane and and back up traffic. Pull over to the side. Move out of the way. If somebody bumps you, okay, move. Don't just stay there in the middle and fuck up things for everybody else because uh, you were too stupid to not text and drive i don't understand why it's so slow when there isn't even any traffic i've been on some of the the heavily congested highways what well, ones that are normally heavily congested like the 405 at night when traffic is flowing and people are still driving 55 what the hell drive 65 drive 71 live a little make up for that time you spent sitting in traffic At another point during the day or another point during the week, go a little bit faster. Keep it moving. It's a busy world. We have places to be. I have places to be. I'm not out Sunday driving. Who the fuck wants to drive for fun in Los Angeles? Nobody. That's who. No, you leave the area if you want to joyride or if you want to to coast. That's when you get on the Pacific Coast Highway and enjoy the view. If you're doing it on the Pacific Coast Highway, that's fine. Again, keep to the right and let the people who are on the move go past you. Don't stop them from getting where they need to go or doing what they need to do. Don't do that because that would make you an asshole. But when it comes to traffic slowing down, I hate when we slow down and then it starts speeding up again and there's no discernible reason for it. Nobody's broken down. There was no accident. Uh, Nobody hit an animal or anything. No, everybody just uh, slowed down a bit and then sped up. Merging, I get that happens because no one can read signs. So merging areas, especially when two highways are, are merging, or uh, their exits off another one of the, the freeways. Yeah, that tends to be a problem. That causes some congestion. Fine. I'm talking about when there's no discernible reason, and now everybody's driving 65 again, or 55 again. That gets on my nerves so badly. And the other day, actually, just over the weekend, I was going up the 405, heading back to the valley, and everybody was going slowly, and I was sitting in this slow-moving traffic for about 10 minutes. And the only thing I can figure, as I kept moving along, by no coincidence... The, at the point when traffic was speeding up, there was a car pulled over by a cop on the side of the 405. Why everybody was slowing down because there was a cop there? First of all, he's occupied. Fuck it. Keep it moving. And second of all, you're on the freeway. You're supposed to be driving faster. Don't slow down to 30 just because there's a cop in proximity. That's, that's stupid. You're supposed to be moving. Keep it moving. Keep going. Don't slow down just because there's someone. Even if there's someone pulled to the side of the road with their hazards flashing, keep moving. They have a cell phone. They're going to reach out to somebody. They'll reach out to a AAA or, or a friend or, or somebody to help them out. Don't slow down just to look. If you're going to pull over to help, pull over to help. If you're not going to, use your gas pedal. Don't be afraid to use your gas pedal, everybody, because it's a busy world. Now, I did laugh the other day because, as I was saying about the, the gas mileage thing before, 
I did see, a, I was driving behind a Tesla, and there was a vanity plate that said, yay, Elon. And I thought that was hilarious because, look, I'm all for the Teslas. I'd be happy to get one one day because it seemed to be getting more efficient, and uh, the electric cars in general seem to be getting better mileage where you can drive them longer distances. I know there were some where you can drive for like 60 miles per charge or something, but they're getting better. Uh, they're in insane demand. And I get it because if I could cut out one commodity from my life, I'd be happy to. That being gas, yeah. I realize that the electric bill, I'm sure, goes up. In fact, I don't know what the, the data is on all the the uh, electricity that it takes to to charge them or how often people need to charge or, or all that uh, which goes into it. But pretty sure electricity is still more favorable compared to using gasoline. But I, I thought that was cool that somebody actually made their, their vanity plate a shout-out to Elon Musk. I thought that was actually kind of cute. And uh, driving the other day, uh, it cracked me up. And this, this has nothing to do with driving in and of itself, but just because I was on the road when I saw it, a woman who had a sign that's I assume she was homeless based on the sign, the sign said, hungry as fuck. And that made me laugh. If I was walking, I totally would have given her a dollar. But again, got to keep it moving. It's a busy world. There's things to do. I kept driving. But I did like that she was so blunt. I mean, you see those signs around like, I just want to get a beer or whatever. I want to drink uh, without people saying like, hungry, uh, family of four, no jobs, blah, blah, blah. Instead of that, it's just a woman with a sign that says, hungry as fuck. I got to respect that. That actually is pretty funny. And uh, hey, if I was on foot, I would have given her a buck, but I was in my car. So I had to keep moving. Sorry, lady. Now, when I'm not on the highway, one of the biggest problems I have is having to share the road with people on bikes. Now, I've been called an asshole many times by people on bikes, but I'm sorry. I don't like sharing the road with people who are essentially riding on toys. When I was a kid, before there were helmet laws, but it wasn't that long ago, when we were riding bikes, we had to ride them on the sidewalk. We weren't supposed to be riding in the street. You could, but you stayed the fuck out of the way of the cars. Now I need to share the road with uh, some middle-aged dude in his biking gear and his helmet and his, you know, he's, he's pedaling like crazy and going uphill. Is he getting a workout on his lunch hour or something? And why is he on a busy street? If you want a bike or if you just want to get out there and get some activity going, why are you riding with cars? And there have been incidents, naturally, where uh, people on bikes have been hit by cars because people don't see them, or they're trying to squeeze in between, or whatever it is. Yeah, that's dangerous. Stay out of the road. Why are you riding your bike in the middle of the road? And by the way, yes, I'm going to pass you. If you're biking nine miles an hour, and I'm in a 25 zone, I'm going to go around you. You can shout out asshole all you want. I don't care. I'm going to keep it moving. Why? Because you're on a toy, I'm in a car, and it comes to, between you and I, you will lose. And speaking of which, <laughs> pedestrians, I am so fucking sick of pedestrians. Everybody knows there's traffic in this city. There, I don't know what the number is, but it's got to be 95% of people who live in L.A. have cars and drive. So I don't understand why they're so, such, so disrespectful when they're pedestrians. Look, if you're crossing an intersection, let's say I'm sitting at a light. And I'm going to make a right turn at an intersection. You're crossing from the corner on my left to the corner on my right. Of course, I'm not going to speed out and try to cut you off or, or run you over. Or I mean, I may try to squeeze out before you're in proximity to my car if you're taking your sweet-ass time. But if you see that I'm sitting there, step it up a little bit to get onto the, the sidewalk so traffic can keep moving. Because there's a traffic problem in Los Angeles. We're renowned for our traffic. So if you're on foot, step it up a little bit so the cars can keep moving. And the people, oh, the people who get on my nerves even more, oh, I'm channeling Ryan Taggart now. 
uh, the people who get on my nerves are the ones who are still crossing after the light has changed. Get the fuck out of the way! Like I just said about the biker assholes. Biking assholes. different. So I'm not talking about people on Harleys. Again, pedal bikes. Talk about some asshole on a Schwinn. Uh, not people on motorcycles. Motorcycles, I'm okay. Just uh, don't come too close to me when you're cutting through traffic. Please. Anyway, pedestrians, get out of the road if the light's changing. Because, once again, if it comes between you and a car, you will lose. Get out of the way. Get out of the road. If you're crossing, move it. That's it. Just keep it moving. Get out of the way. There are cars coming. And, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense to try to be conscientious and help people along. And it's just good. It's good vibes. It's good juju, good karma, whatever you want to call it. Move a little faster so the cars that are trying to cross over your intersection to make a turn onto whatever street you're crossing from corner to corner on, let them go so the traffic can keep moving, so things aren't more and more backed up. There's no reason a person on foot should be causing a traffic backup. Um, by the way, getting back to bikes for a second, I was pulling on to the 101, and there were a couple of cars pulled over, and there were three bicycle cops by these cars. I, I don't know if they ran these cars down or what. I'm not exactly sure what they were doing there, but I can't believe there are still bicycle cops. It's 2016. I mean, I can't help but wonder if these cops are so ineffective. Well, listen, I, I'm sorry. Officer Phillips, but you're not ready for four wheels yet. We're going to keep you on two just a little longer, so you're going to have to go out and patrol on only two wheels. You can work your way up to four once we feel you're ready. I'm just, I was flabbergasted by the fact there's still cops on bikes. It seems like such a quaint, kind of old-timey thing. Oh, there are cops who are on pedal bikes. What the, what the hell? And how did they get onto the entrance of the freeway? That was the weirdest thing. But it just struck me as funny. I actually drove past kind of looking like and, and laughing. I mean, their backs were turned to me, but, you know, fuck them. They're riding a bike. And they're in short shorts. So, come on. They're, they're going to be laughed at. They must know that when they go to work. Oh, shit. I'm on, I'm on the bike today. I'm on bike duty. What am I going to do? I'm going to be pedaling around. Of course, people are going to be laughing at me. This is, this is not what I was promised when I decided to become a cop after watching too many 80s movies. I, ugh, this sucks. They have to know they're going to be laughed at. And yeah, I was laughing as I was driving by, mostly because I was struck by the fact that there's still bicycle cops. That's insane. That's hilarious. So thank you, bicycle cops. Uh, listen, this is the last thing I'm going to say on traffic because I want to end on a somewhat positive note. The news is not all bad when it comes to traffic because... Mercifully, the towns of Burbank and Pasadena have decided to do something about traffic and uh, where there are left turn arrows at tons of busy intersections. These two towns, I don't know when it happened. I only noticed it this past week. Of course, the left turn arrow will turn green and usually only last long enough for four cars to make a left turn, leaving the rest of us backed up in a, in a conga line of traffic. Thankfully, somebody decided, let's keep traffic moving. It's more annoying when those arrows turn red when there's no oncoming traffic at night when there's nobody there. Like, when there's no traffic, you could easily just make the left turn. Just to sit at a red arrow is an incredible waste of time. So, thankfully, they decided to institute the flashing yellow arrow. And there are white signs. Now, compared to a lot of signs on the road, particularly parking signs, which are ambiguous and difficult to read, these are white signs that say, yield when flashing. And it has a picture of the yellow arrow, which is great because now you can use your judgment just like you have to use when you're making a left turn at an intersection where there is no left turn arrow. So thankfully, there's going to be a little less traffic. And the fact that these towns have taken the initiative, hey, maybe the whole city is going to take the initiative. Someone had those signs printed and posted. It was a mandate that came from somewhere. 
man, wouldn't it be awesome if uh, the rest of L.A. got on board? Because it really would break up traffic a whole lot, and uh, nothing would make me happier than that. And everybody else. Everybody, traffic is such a waste. It's a waste of gas. It's summer, so you're wasting even more gas by sitting there running your air conditioning, and there's no need for it. So if there are things like that that we can do to keep traffic moving, and if pedestrians can speed up, and if bikes can uh, stay in their yards <laughs> or uh, spin around, you know, take a couple laps around the, the parking garage and the apartment building, then great. That'd be better for everybody. But the flashing arrows, that's a start. So that made me very, very happy. Now, disturbing trend that is really, really, really bothering me. And I've talked about it before, but it, it's getting much more rampant. The man bun and the top knot. First of all, the top knot, which is just a little thing that basically looks like an antenna made out of hair. Dudes have their hair shaved all along the sides and in the back. Then they have a little bit of long hair on top and they tie it up in a little. It, it literally is just like it sticks up like an antenna. It looks fucking stupid. It doesn't look cool to walk around like you have an antenna sticking out of your head, especially now. I mean, it's a wireless. It's the wireless era, and uh, nobody wants to see antennas on anything. Your phone doesn't have an antenna. Oh, and ple- for fuck's sake, people. Uh, I- I've never been more sick of, of iPhone people walking around with their headphones in because they're talking to nobody as far as I can tell. They're the same earbuds you use and we're just listening to something. So when I see somebody, especially if they have the one in, let's say they have it in their left ear and I'm on the right side of them, and I think they're talking to me like, what? Oh. Never mind. Or if you're in an elevator with somebody, that's a little embarrassing. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? And then I turn, and then they give me a funny look, and it's, oh, no, you're on a phone call. Silly me. I thought you might have been addressing the person who was clearly standing next to you. Forgive me for making that mistake. Anyway, the man bun. I, I just, I don't understand, first of all, well, look, I know why guys do it. Guys do it because they think women find it attractive. Women, I hope you don't find it attractive. In fact, do us all a favor and go up to guys you see with man buns and say, this is not attractive. Take your hair down or cut it. Seriously. Or if you are a woman who finds that thing attractive, then boil a pot of water and stick your head in it because uh, we don't need you around causing these faux pas to happen and causing men to do stupid things. So uh, do a stupid thing yourself and uh, just, yeah, please. The man bun, the top knot, look, it's alive and well, even in New Jersey, as much as people might think, oh, it's a city thing, or hipsters do it, blah, blah. No, it's everywhere. I've even seen them on black dudes who have some long hair who I guess have uh, relaxed it or, or straightened it or whatever. I've seen black dudes who have man buns now, and I'm, I'm shocked. In fact, it's getting to the point where I see middle-aged guys who have long hair now putting it up in a bun. I've literally seen guys, full gray hair, silver foxes, with long hair tied up in a bun. And the worst case of the man bun is for dudes who have the skullet. Now, if you don't know what a skullet is, it's when you're stone-balled on top, but you have the sides and the back, and you have that long. And I've seen those guys with long hair put up in a bun. No hair on top, a bun in the back of your head. That looks really fucking stupid. Oh, Jesus. I don't understand. How did this take off? How did this happen? Yeah, people say, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio did it. That's fine, but women are going to find Leonardo DiCaprio attractive uh, even if he has one leg. It's not going to matter. So however he, he wore his hair in some uh, photos on the beach that paparazzi caught, hey, whatever. That doesn't mean guys should do it. I, I just can't believe this thing is has taken off. I mean, the whole thing with the man buns and the beards and dudes getting, dudes getting uh, tatted up. I've said it before. In, in 20 years, 30 years, you're going to look like how uh, you look at dudes with big hair in the 80s. Hey, look back. Oh, my God. Can you believe that was ever a thing? Guys with, you know, teased hair and, and big, long hair or whatever. Yeah, that's how you're going to look in 20 or 30 years. 
Oh, my God. Remember when I had a beard? Oh, man. Remember I used to have long hair and tie my hair up in a bun? Look, growing long hair for guys, because most of us don't start out with long hair, it's, it, it takes time, and it takes patience, and it's not a lot of fun waiting for it to get long. So if you're going to grow your hair long, wear it long. Why would you grow it long just to tie it up? I don't understand why women do it either. It's something that completely baffles me, regardless of gender. So stop it. Oh, and then again, why is it that a ponytail is looked at as douchey, but a man bun, totally acceptable? It's just, oh, it's just trendy right now. Uh, everyone I know who has seen ponytails or back in the day when I had a ponytail, it looked douchey. Well, guess what? I think the man bun looks way more douchey. It just, it, it is. It needs to stop. We all need to stop it. So women, if you don't find it attractive, when you see a man walking around with his long hair up in a bun, walk up to him and tell him, look, it's not cute. You can stop now. And uh, maybe he'll cut his hair or maybe he'll start wearing it down or whatever. But guys putting their hair up in a bun? No. No, don't do it. Now, I know I'm all over to the road in the show, so to speak. Hey, hey, get it? Because I'm talking about driving? Well, I was. Uh, but to talk a little bit, take time out for uh, classic rock stations. Because as I've been driving around, uh, sometimes, even though I have 56 gigs or however much music <laughs> on my iPod, sometimes I just want to have somebody else play the music for me. So I have been listening to some classic rock radio lately. And I even wrote a blog about it. A couple weeks ago, classic rock songs I never need to hear again. So go to chrisball.com and check that out because I have a list of, I think, 12 or 13 songs that I never need to hear again for the rest of my life. But uh, it just, it gets so redundant. And, and the fact that we, like every, every song, I mean, out of decades, I, a lot of these stations play music from the 60s up to the 90s, but they're very selective about the 90s music. The, the amount of times I've heard Mary Jane's Last Dance on Classic Rock Radio, which is a Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker song from the 90s, is kind of baffling because I don't hear even bands who are regarded as classic rock bands, I don't hear their 90s output getting played on Classic Rock Radio. So why that exception is made for Tom Petty is, yeah, that, that baffles me. Why not Van Halen? I never hear any Van Hagar. Why not play Right Now? It's from 1991. Everybody knows it. Everybody likes that song, whether or not they want to admit it. It's a great song. And it makes everybody think of Crystal Pepsi, which is coming back. So how much better is it that you can, you can tie it in with, hey, everybody, Crystal Pepsi is coming back. Remember the song from the ads? Yeah, let's start playing this tune. There were tons of top 10 singles when Sammy Hagar was in the band, but I never hear Van Hagar songs played on classic rock radio. And that's appalling. Almost as appalling as having to suffer through every long Steve Miller band intro. Every Steve Miller band song has a super long, unnecessary intro. And uh, I'm tired of it. I, every time I hear those long keyboard, like, swelling, I'm, you know, everyone was high in the 70s. So I guess I thought it was cool then. And maybe it was. But now, No. No, it's not cool. Like, give us a radio edit. Give us a three-and-a-half-minute version of the song. I don't need to hear 80 seconds of uh, keyboard swells to... Uh, it's not something cool like a foreplay, you know, the intro to, uh, you know, Long Time by, by Boston. That's cool, and that has some momentum to it, and it sounds bombastic. Those Steve Miller things just sound like the keyboardist was jerking off. Uh, I'm not into it. Um, you know what? Actually, it, it strikes me as, as funny, because I, I mentioned the, the Van Halen right now thing and Crystal Pepsi. Isn't it weird how selling out doesn't mean anything anymore? Because I remember there being at least a bit of kind of like, oh, man, uh, Pepsi's, you know, using a, or Van Halen's giving a song to Pepsi. You know, back in the 90s, there's a thing about selling out. And, oh, man, it was a, a shitty thing. Obviously, Metallica was accused of it like crazy. Uh, well, around the same time, specifically because they made an album that had 12 songs on it and they weren't super long and uh, they weren't super heavy. 
But I, I like the Black Album. I don't care what anybody says. It's It's got some amazing songs on it. Some classic songs, for sure. But it's weird that selling out doesn't mean anything anymore. Fucking Drake had, was in a Sprite commercial, and nobody was just like, ah, Drake's selling out. Look at him, pandering to, to Coke. And he's sitting there in the studio drinking Sprite before spouting out some uh, lame lyrics that would then be auto-tuned. Uh, I'm not a fan of Drake, obviously. And speaking of Sprite, I see billboards all around. I don't know who the other two people are on the billboard, but Tupac is on a Sprite billboard. Is that the type of thing he would have been down with? I don't know about that. I mean, obviously somebody had to authorize it. It's, a, it's an artist rendering of Tupac, but it's clearly Tupac in the center of this thing. Totally okay. Nobody's calling Tupac's estate. I guess they're not blaming them for being sellouts, but there you go. I guess it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, I wonder if that changed after Matthew McConaughey won the Oscar and started doing Lincoln commercials. Does everybody just have the mentality of just like, hey, man, get money. Get all the money you can. Make that paper, whatever. Uh, the fact that everybody's so obsessed with uh, just making money and whatever. I mean, especially rappers. I mean, look, now more than ever, the glam rap trend continues where it's all about the VIP and making money and, girl, I'm going to buy you a car and I'm going to buy you a rocket and buy you an island. Actually, it's hip-hop love songs. I'm going to put it in this post by Crank Lucas, who's a dude I love. He's super talented, and he makes fun. He pays tribute to a lot of uh, 80s and 90s rap and hip-hop and insults a lot of the 21st century hip-hop of the last 16 years or so. But he does this thing about the evolution of hip-hop love songs. I'm going to put it in the uh, Cape 98 post. You you check out his YouTube video uh, about, about how lyrics have changed. Anyway, one more thing for Classic Rock Radio, by the way. Stop playing Guns N' Roses so much. Yes, Appetite for Destruction's a great album, but Welcome to the Jungle is getting played to death. And I get that there's a semi-reunion going on right now. Thankfully, Steve Adler you know, uh, played a show with them, played drums on a couple songs live, which is great because it's closer to the classic lineup of Guns N' Roses. But goddamn, I don't need to hear Welcome to the Jungle once an hour. And Sweet Child of Mile. Everybody loves Appetite for Destruction. It's, it's a great album. It's a classic, literally a classic rock album. I realize I'm taking a controversial stance by calling Appetite for Destruction a classic rock album. But it is. But we don't need to play it to death because that's exactly what we've heard for the last 28 years. And I like Guns N' Roses. And I like Welcome to the Jungle. And I like Sweet Child of Mine. And I like Paradise City. Well, even if Paradise City got played more than Welcome to the Jungle, it, I like that song better. So uh, let's get that. But stop playing Welcome to the Jungle like once an hour we get it guns and roses is back together and touring and they're coming to la in a couple weeks so yeah all the all stations need to get pumped up as if we didn't know guns and roses was was touring right now with a slash back in the band because i think that's the bigger thing more than anybody else slash and axel are sharing a stage together again now speaking of music because this was very very interesting last week richard marks who i love singer songwriter richard marks who's amazing was putting out a series of tweets talking about the state of the music industry, specifically mentioned Rihanna. And his point was, Rihanna has almost 63 million Twitter followers and over 41 million followers on Instagram. I don't know how many fans she has on Facebook. I didn't look it up. But her most recent album has sold 480,000 copies. As of now, I looked it up. And his point was the, the correlation between someone's popularity and whether or not people are actually supporting them hey maybe that's why people are doing sprite commercials (laughs) maybe that's the exact reason because nobody's buying music in fact i actually learned something new from all this in that 1500 streams of a song from a streaming service if a song is streamed 1500 times that counts as one sale that's pathetic that really really is pathetic and i get that there's certainly crossover between 
just for the sake of example, not criticizing Rihanna. And that was the other thing. People came after, particularly Rihanna fans, went after Richard Marks as if he was trying to insult Rihanna. No, that wasn't the point. It was, it was a point he was making about fans of music and the fact that people aren't buying songs or buying albums specifically, which is a, a total shame. I mean, I'm thrilled when people I like are putting out new albums. I saw Joe Lynn Turner at the Whiskey a couple of weeks ago, which was an awesome show, and the dude can still bring it. And uh, he's released a new album with his band Sunstorm, who I like a lot. Uh, if you don't know Joe Lynn Turner, he uh, did sing. He did one album with Deep Purple, and he was a singer for Ingve Momstein, the, the <laughs> legend that is Ingve Momstein. And uh, he also sang for Rainbow, which was Richie Blackmore's band uh, that he started after he left Deep Purple. Uh, he replaced, uh, no, he, well, he didn't replace Dio. He came after Dio, but there was another singer who did an album with Rainbow in between, and then Joe Lynn Turner came in. And that's when the band had commercial success with um, I Surrender and a bunch of other songs, particularly Street of Dreams, which I love, man. That song is, that gets stuck in my head all the time. If you haven't heard Rainbow Street of Dreams, fuck it, I'm going to put the video for that in there. Stream it 1,500 times, so it counts as a sale. Or buy the song for $1.29 on the uh, digital music service of your choice. It's worth $1.29. It's an awesome song. And yeah, classic rock radio, play some fucking Rainbow. Yeah, once in a while. That's what we need. Play Street of Dreams, please. Uh, anyway, he put out a new album, and I'm thrilled, but I get that he's in his 60s. One of my favorites, Sammy Hagar, is approaching 70. And he said, specifically when it comes to the band Chickenfoot, which he does with uh, Michael Anthony, for also formerly of Van Halen, Joe Satriani, guitar wizard Joe Satriani, and Chad Smith, drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, he doesn't know if they're going to make another album because of the expense and the time that's put in, the fact that people aren't buying it, sucks. And is it worth the investment? I kind of get that. And when you see the results when it comes to someone who's as big of a superstar as Rihanna, and she is. She's one of the biggest stars right now in terms of, of music. She's certainly most known for her music right now. Yeah, the fact that she has, while well, she has crossover, I'm sure, between Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, she still has tens of millions of fans, but apparently being a follower of somebody on social media and being a fan, they're now independent of each other because people obviously aren't buying the albums, and that sucks. It sucks that people are going to stop making albums. And again, Joel and Turner, Sammy Hagar, guys of, of that era are getting older, and they're not going to be touring as much, and they might not be making albums, and eventually, like all of us, they're going to die. And who's going to take up the mantle for making albums? Who's going to take up the mantle for rock music? And I appreciate that Richard Marks brought it up because he's genuinely concerned about the, the state of the industry. And look, I'm sure he's not doing as well as he used to. I realize that the, the music industry as a whole is crumbling and, and scratching to stay alive, at least on a mainstream level. Uh, I mean, shit, there's the new Star Trek movie that's coming out next week. And uh, there's a big billboard on Sunset Boulevard for Rihanna's single, which, which is featured in the new Star Trek movie. And is prominently featured in the new trailer for Star Trek Beyond. In fact, the trailer seems more like a music video for Rihanna's song than it does a movie trailer. But yeah, that, that's a big deal. Rihanna's a billboard. It's about Rihanna, but it's also tied into this, this summer blockbuster that's going to be coming out soon. It's just weird, and it's sad. I, I want people to keep making albums, and I still like physically buying albums I like having a collection. I, I mean, people even make jokes. I've heard many, many jokes about DVDs. Like, who needs DVDs anymore? They just take up space, and they're good for coasters. No, I do like having a collection. I don't just like opening up a couple of uh, things on, on my phone or, or going through screens on my computer or logging into an account somewhere. No, I have a huge collection of Blu-rays and DVDs. I have a massive collection of CDs. 
And I like that. And not because I'm some, uh, some prepper who's like, one day when the cloud goes down and your music's gone, I'm still going to have this. No, I like having a collection that is something tangible. And not something that's digital. I realize it's probably going to look stupid and look like a waste. I mean, people thought it was a waste when I was buying DVDs when DVDs were current 10 years ago. But I like actually having a collection that I can look at and appreciate instead of just looking at a, a virtual collection. And I'm not knocking technology. Look, technology is the reason I have a show. Nobody else is going to give me a show. But it's literally it's the reason you're hearing my voice right now because technology has evolved to the point where I can create a podcast. I can have a show that has my name in the title so I can pat myself on the back and rant about L.A. traffic. So I'm fine with technology. I'm fine with things moving on. But I don't know. There's still something about having an actual collection and buying someone's CD and looking forward to someone's new album coming out so I can buy it. It's a shame that's something that's kind of going by the wayside. Here comes another ambulance. I actually tried to time the recording in between when trucks and ambulances and uh, anything loud was going to be going by, but it seems impossible to avoid. So uh, if you hear background noise, that's just, that's just the environment. Sorry about that. Anyway, sad state of affairs for uh, music. Uh, look, I think I mentioned it before. I'm glad that Adele's people took a stand and said, we're not going to be streaming the new album. You're going to have to buy it. And yeah, the album sold huge. Good for her. Really, good for her and her people. They made a smart decision. I'm glad Taylor Swift took a stand and said, I'm not going to be giving up my music just for all these streaming sites. No, no way. And she has a deal with Amazon. You could stream her stuff if you have an Amazon Prime account. That's good. You have to pay for a Prime account. Yeah, you need to pay for an account if you want a premium account on Spotify or Pandora or YouTube Red or whatever. But I think the deal with Amazon is probably more favorable for her. And it should be. People should be paid for what they're doing. You know, people who are creating music, it's not free to create. It's literally free for me to create this podcast you're listening to right now because I'm doing it at home. Yeah, I pay for website hosting. I bought the equipment. But to actually produce this album, to sit here and record this, aside from those expenses, which are one-time expenses or annual expenses, or even once a month, it's a lot different than the amount of money it costs to make music, at least if you're a serious artist. I realize people can make things at home, and they sound great. They can record it on their MacBook, and, and stuff can sound really cool. But if you're, if you're an artist like that, and it costs money, and there's a huge amount of production that goes into it, yeah, you should be paid. And the person who's making it on their laptop should be paid, too. Look, I should be paid for doing podcasts, but I'm also not going to rail against the system for, well, iTunes doesn't kick me back any money. Look, I appreciate the fan support that you guys give the show. I'm not bitching. I mean, I like supporting the people who I like, and I appreciate the people who support this. So please go to chrisabal.com and uh, click support the show and visit the many links that are there. Uh, once again, Amazon. If you click through the Amazon banner, bookmark the URL. And then users who go to Amazon link, they'll kick us back a commission on your purchases. You won't pay a penny more. And uh, that will, of course, go to support the show because the changes are coming to the show. Good ones. And the show is going to be stepping up its uh, production, presentation, all sorts of stuff. More on that soon. But I think we're done. I realize this is kind of a stream of consciousness thing. And I realize I was going into a lot of different areas. But uh, I like sitting down and complaining about things and putting it out there. And if you like listening to it, great. That's really the best uh, that can be asked of all the stuff. So please subscribe to The Guide to Life on Google Play. And uh, it will be up on iTunes. Again, you can follow The Only Podcast That Matters. Like the page on Facebook. Follow us at The Only Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And any updates about iTunes will be uh, made available through there. You can follow the show at Kate Pod on Twitter and Instagram at uh, katepod.tumblr.com. As well, you can follow me at Chris Abalo on Twitter and at Chris Sells Out on Instagram. And uh, like Chris Abalo's podcast experiment on Facebook as well. Please do. The likes count. 
the comments and the five-star ratings, they all count because uh, people, when they see you have an audience, they're happy to kick in some support for the show. And hey, that's the whole idea is to spread the word so more people can hear it and enjoy it. So thank you for hearing it and enjoying it, hopefully enjoying it today. And uh, the show will be back again, of course, in two weeks. All the way up to Cape 99. It's crazy. But anyway, until then, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment.